This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 81 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's show, we have Anita Motion, who joins us to talk about her brainchild, the Real Rider Cup. We meet up with Natalie Holdren and Lee Beamer from our Making the Makeover series to get an update on their progress for the Thoroughbred Makeover. And we're joined by Leandra Cooper from New Vocations to get another fab training tip. And last but not least, introduce our Adoptable Horse of the Week. Our Listener of the Week is Meredith Perry. If you want to be our Listener of the Week, make sure to comment on our last Facebook or Instagram post. Now back to the show. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley from Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Kristen, it's June, it's beautiful, it's horse show season, and you went to a horse show. I did. It feels like it's been ages. It's like, I went to a horse show, guys. I did it. Well, but I did. Your horse show hangover is probably cured by now, hopefully. Uh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is the longest hangover of all hangovers, that's for sure. It, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I realized that the part that gives you the hangover is the dehydration part, I think. <laughs> I mean, between that, the super early morning, the super late nights, uh, if you're doing an overnight stay, who knows where you're sleeping. The tack room of my trailer, actually. It's quite nice. We call it the poor man's living quarters. Maybe it's like the Ritz. I've never been. No, it's not. No. (laughs) We bought the trailer used. The tack room has a very strange aroma to it, and we just sort of ignore it and go to sleep. So it's fine. Seems safe. I don't know what's no going on in there. Flags. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm sure it's not like someone else's, you know, like murder RV or something weird, but it's fine. It's totally, oh you're only gosh. sleeping in it. It's fine. There you go. But I mean, all those things aside, I followed you on social media. It was great that you post everything on our retired resource page. And it seemed like you had a lot of fun and you came home with some awards. We did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we were uh, second of seven in the other breed boxing, which I realize probably makes no sense to anyone. So to break that down a little bit, typically, I would say probably 90% of the horses you would see at a typical ranch horse show are quarter horses. So I rolled in with my standard bread and was like, what's up? But this show series is super friendly to other breeds. See, I think last year was the first year it ran. And, you know, I brought Jobber and we showed quite a bit and, and we're very successful. And I think there was one other thoroughbred. There was a couple of halflingers. There were some paints. Someone else had a rescue horse that they were doing the like Heart of Phoenix challenge with. So oh. who knows what breed that was. So there, there was quite a lot going on in terms of other breeds. And the show organizer is just like so welcoming with it that she decided to launch the other breeds class this year. Um, so this was sort of the pilot show to see if it got a good turnout. And it did. It had a really good turnout. And boxing is where you show control of a single cow at the short end of the arena. So it's you get 50 seconds and you just go and you move, stop and turn that cow. So it shows that your horse has some cow sense and the ability to, you know, step up and work a cow in a pretty controlled 
manner. So I did that class with Wes. I learned a lot. We did the novice horse class first. And when things started to get a little quicker, he reverted back to pacing, um, which was cute and very smooth. (laughs) But the problem is, is he doesn't have very good breaks out of the pace. Something about the mechanics of that gate, he ends up kind of hollowing out and his head comes up and then he's above my hands and then he has no brakes at all. So we just sort of like overshot the cow a lot. But this was his first show. (laughs) It was his first show ever. So I was like, I have no, like he might come in here and be a complete nervous wreck because everybody all lines up in the middle of the ring and then you all Mm -hmm. work one at a time. So I was like this, I mean, he might not even step out of the line. I have no idea what to expect. So I was super pleased. He went up, he worked really well you know, just sort of paced his way to failure, but it was fine. You know, we didn't completely lose the cow. And then we came back for the other breed class. And I was like, all right, I would not normally do this, but I'm going to like very heavily post the trot just to help him find his rhythm. So normally if I'm working a cow, I'm going to sit whatever gait I'm getting. And that's so I can sit and drive from behind and keep up with the cow no matter what's happening. But I realized like I'd rather trot and be behind the cow than pace and then overshoot the cow. So, so we very deliberately trotted the second class and had a lot more success and ended up second out of, I think seven, which was great. So he actually, he did beat some stock bred horses, you know, some paints and, and horses that were intentionally bred to do that job. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, that my little, uh, rescue standard bred. Way to yeah. represent standard breads. That's yeah, fantastic. He, did. Yep. he was a very, very good boy. So unfortunately, we didn't get any video from that class, but it doesn't matter because I have. Sometimes this, it's about you know. just surviving. You <laughs> well, yeah, and it was log you know, the next. I have my one. score sheets, so I, I know I can prove you know that we did that well. And yeah. and then the the second day is all the dry work, so the cows all go home on Saturday. And then the second day we do some other ring and pattern classes. So he got a good confidence booster in the trail. There were a couple obstacles he just wouldn't get close to. So we were like, okay, it's fine, buddy. You know, walk on, whatever. We'll just get in the ring. So no placings there. And he also didn't place in his rail class, but he got both leads of lope. And he was not like, I don't want to say he completely blended in, but, you know, we weren't like bombing around terrifying the other horses. So that was a plus. The show you mentioned that he he struggles with cantering, let alone loping. Right. Yeah. So the left lead lope, I was like, oh, man, like he really he kind of blended in. He just kind of yoked along and did his thing. The right lead to that's a little more difficult for him and to hold it. He has to go pretty fast. He's just not strong enough yet to be able to hold it and go slow. So I, we lapped everybody a lot on the inside, but we had a good time and we didn't break to the pace. So it was a good day. And then my husband had been watching so much horse show all weekend that he was like, we were sitting around for lunch and he was like, okay, if I can sink my sandwich wrapper in that trash can over there, I will show in the adult walk trot class. And I was like, oh, that's a dangerous. Oh, will you now? (laughs) It was a dangerous bet. (laughs) Well, you know, what's really funny is that like we tried for a solid 10 minutes and there's a reason we're horseback riders. Neither of us could get our sandwich wrappers in this stupid trash can. So finally I was like, whatever, let's just go sign you up. (laughs) So so we just got up and signed him up and got him a number. And he had ridden West like twice and never really liked him, but he really, I clearly wanted to show enough that he was willing to get on him. So he got like a crash course mini lesson and then went out there and won his adult walk trot class. So Wes is first. So Wes <laughs> had a really good show weekend. Wes had a really good show weekend and he came home just full of confidence. He's feeling really good about life now. So, and actually so did my husband. So uh, we are in two weeks, we are taking his horse to the next ranch show as well as Wes. So nice. Well, yeah. we'll have to be following that. So that means anyone listening, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We do our best to show what's going on. 
<laughs> yes. Yep. And that will be like good, bad, and ugly. So I'm sure the good will be Eric and the ugly will continue to be me and Wes, but that's fine. I so mean, I'm going to probably say you both look pretty good, but Eric has been training hard. So, you know, it's podcast recording night. So I'm here recording the podcast and Eric is at the farm himself working hard to get better for him and his horse. So he'll be showing Regal Justice, our other thoroughbred. So we're keeping the ranch horse racehorse thing going strong. We can't roll up to these shows with a quarter horse. It just is. You're you're like a mansman at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think at this point, everyone's really curious to see what hops off the trailer next. Like they were already like, oh, she brought a thoroughbred last year. And now they're like, what on earth do you have now? So who knows what I'll bring next year? Maybe it'll be time to branch out into Mustangs or something crazy. I know. I'm, I mean, off topic, but I just learned about Russian warm bloods as a thing. They have a Russian trotter too. So maybe we could do that. There you go. That's probably what you need to find is a Russian trotter and just really blow their minds when you bring it in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my weekend was not as eventful, but equally confidence building. So Astrid and I are back in lessons. We're back in full work since my back injury. And it has been so much fun. I mean, I shared a little bit on Instagram. I see you guys all really enjoy her acting like the feisty, spicy bean that she is. I saw a lot of those likes. (laughs) But um, no, I, I... I do those videos in laughter because I do really enjoy her. She's never been overly difficult to ride or anything like that. She's just expressive and she's learning to balance herself. But she kind of like Lee talking about her mare, like she tries so hard. She really puts her whole body and soul into anything that I ask and she just tries to figure it out. So it's been really enjoyable working with her and both of us working on our fitness We'll tell you our first like hour lesson back, Kristen. I almost oh. fell over because my legs were like jello. Like I gotta <laughs> rebuild my riding legs. I haven't had a lesson in a long time. And I think if I had one now, it probably wouldn't go very well. Yeah. I, I shouldn't had- admit that. I shouldn't admit I haven't had a lesson in a long time, but I, I, I mean I've been averaging twenty to thirty-five minute rides typically. So doing the the hour in the heat. And there was a lot of leg and trying to like really help balance her out on the bit. I had wobble legs after and I am not yeah. proud to say that. So I have started a new fitness routine this week. I'm back in the gym lifting, which is nice, but oh, she's good for you. Yeah. She's just been so fun. And she remembers each thing we worked on. So like the first ride was pretty difficult as we were trying to like refigure each other out a lot of falling in at the shoulder a lot of quickness a lot of whinnying because we were in a heat cycle oh (laughs) yeah she's actually not marish at all she just whinnies and that's it so it's It's very mild but the next time you know she settled more and like tried to find her balance and tried to get confident that and then by the next ride oh we're going deeper in the corners and so she's maintaining something each ride and getting stronger so i'm hoping to do an online dressage show in June, just because I don't want to over push her and potentially risk injury since we're both out of shape. And then hoping we'll do some offsite things in July with our eventing team. I'm not eventing. Me and my horse are potatoes, but we will tag along just for the off-road experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's just a big elaborate trail ride. Exactly. In our eventing group in this area, like you can just do the dressage portion if you want and do kind of like your own custom test. So maybe if we're all feeling really good at that point, but she hasn't been off property in a minute. So we'll just be happy to get the miles. You know what I like, Joy? 
I think you and I together represent the range of every writer. You're working hard in a structured lesson program and going to the gym, and I'm like riding my standard bread around, surviving. That's a gym workout. Yeah, chasing my cows, surviving on like spite and white claw. And like, that's how I get by. So that's a true English and Western setting. Sometimes if it's a good day, the cows also have a white claw. So Uh, I really love that we can, you know, show the diversity on the show. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Kind of like the full spectrum of of the writers out there. But also I'd love to introduce our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products, who also is a full spectrum of amazing supplements that keep your horses happy and healthy. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability. Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, Joy, I'm super excited to introduce our next guest. We've wanted to have her on for a long time and finally have her here in person. Anita Motion is here to tell us a little bit more about this year's Real Rider Cup. Born in Colchester, England, Anita worked as an exercise and work rider in England and France, specializing in the early starting and training of young thoroughbred racehorses. She met her future husband, Graham, on a summer internship as a pupil assistant to Alain de Royer Dupre, and with Graham, emigrated to the United States. A back injury ended her riding career, but she manages the business aspects of Herringswell Stables. Passionate about thoroughbred aftercare, rehabilitation, and retraining, Anita serves not only on the Retired Racehorse Project Board, but also on the boards of the National Museum of Racing and Thoroughbred Education and Research Foundation. She's also founded the popular event, the Real Rider Cup, which we're going to hear more about tonight. And that event has raised over $225,000 for thoroughbred aftercare to date. She's now married to Kentucky Derby winning trainer Graham, who also serves on the RRP board, and they have two children, Jane and Marcus. Anita, welcome to Retired Racehorse Radio. Thank you. Very happy to be here. We're super excited to learn more about the Real Rider Cup, which I think is one of like the sort of hidden gems of thoroughbred aftercare. I think it's such a cool event. So we would love to hear a little bit more about it. How does the Real Rider Cup work? Like, what is it? How do people get involved? Uh, well, we try to hustle people that might have a good following or a good social media presence. That's our main goal. And then people with maybe some fundraising experience, but we want to try and match decent riders to decent horses and they all have to have raced at least once. And they are given the course in advance, but they have to learn to ride the course in the cleanest, fastest way possible. And that then determines who the real rider is. So you mean when you say they have to have 
Right. Yeah. So when they have to have raced once, you mean the horses, not the people yes. necessarily, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> right. The horses okay. have to have raced at least once. So they have to be registered thoroughbreds that have made at least one start. And all the participants have some involvement in thoroughbred racing, whether it's owners, trainers, children of owners, veterinarian, vet- veterinarians, jockeys. We've had side saddle riders that have all had involvement in racing. So we, we try and form teams which makes it more competitive as well. So we try and match the owners and then the trainers, the vets, jockeys, exercise riders, pony people. So it just makes it more fun doing it like that. So I've never actually seen Dancing with the Stars, but from what I gather, this sounds like Dancing with the Stars meets the racing industry (laughs) goes to equestrian Pretty much, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. It's very exciting. And we, we, the in-person events are way more exciting than the virtual, but we were forced to yeah. make it virtual the last couple of years. Yeah, I think we're all over the virtual thing now. Yeah, yes. we're ready. Ready to get very back to Very much it. so. <laughs> I'm curious, what started the brainchild for this? I mean, I think we see a lot of like thoroughbred programs, like shows specifically for thoroughbreds. You obviously have the thoroughbred makeover, New Vocations does a graduate program. What made you think to put this together? Well, actually, it started at, at Plantation Field, which is um, usually on the same day as we have it now at the Fairhill Thoroughbred Show. And that year, they were showcasing the RRP, Retired Racehorse Project, and they came to me to see if I could figure on doing some kind of event or something with thoroughbreds or try and introduce them to thoroughbred connections to showcase horses at the event which would be the day before, I think it was on the Friday night when they have a party before the cross country and everything. And that's when we started talking about it. Wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And then it kind of grew from there. And then the first year we had like an all-star cast that showed up and they were amazing. All kinds of people like Dean Richardson, the well-known surgeon. We had vets, we had owners, we had jockeys. And it just, it went off without a hitch, which is unbelievable because you've got a lot of moving parts. You're working with animals. Everybody has to be in the right place at the right time. Everybody has to show up and it all worked out perfectly. So and that was awesome. it. then it started. And so we had to continue because it was such a success. <laughs> that sounds so cool. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have been at the first one just to see how it all went down. Yeah, the first one was amazing. The weather was perfect. The second year we got absolutely poured on. And everybody was soaking wet. You know, we still had a lot of people watching with umbrellas around the ring, but every single person got absolutely drenched. But they everyone was a real rider that year. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it just the uh, morale and everything was incredible, and everybody just did what they had to do and showed up on time. And that's the most important thing when you're doing a live event. Everybody has to show up with their horses and the people. Either they were flying in from Kentucky, from Rhode Island, from Canada, and it was amazing that everybody just showed up when they were supposed to. So people aren't necessarily riding their own horses then, right? Like if you've got like, say, jockeys coming in, you know, off like California, you know, like they're not going to fly in with a horse. So how do you pair people and horses together? Well, we have a big network around here. You know, there's a lot of thoroughbreds, a lot of hunting, a lot of showing and steeplechase horses. And so we just try and beg, steal or borrow horses that match the rider. 
we've been pretty successful on that. We've had one casualty where somebody fell off, but <laughs> that's the only casualty we've had so far. But if they can practice on their own horse or practice beforehand, it makes it go a lot smoother. Do you get a lot of people that come in, you know, that have never done this or maybe like only ridden like very lightly recreationally and, and for charity, yep. they're willing to give it a go? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good uh, for them. Yeah. Do you know, has it encouraged anyone to be like, you know what, I'm going to take up show jumping on the side now, or or do they just... Well, we've had so many people that have said it is the most fun they've ever had, and they can't wait to do it again. And some of them were just absolute nervous wrecks. We had um, Sean Clancy, I don't know if you know him. He was a steeplechase jockey. He now has his own, he's a publisher of his own uh, newspaper. And he said he was more nervous doing that than he was ever when he was riding races because he had to do it in front of everybody. And it was pretty funny. But he also said it was you know, one of the most fun he'd ever had other than the fact that he was a nervous wreck. Oh, good for him. That's amazing. Well, and it's cool because we're always talking about, especially, you know, at the RRP, we're talking about ways to bring together the racing industry and the equestrian industry and, and off-track thoroughbreds are one way to do that. But this is like directly bringing in the racing industry and saying, this is what we do with our OTTBs and you can have a little taste of it. And do you think it's helping to sort of create a little more mutual understanding there between these two worlds? I think it is. And the riders are all, they all wear jockey silks and a lot of the silks are pledged by owners. And each rider has to raise a minimum of $1,000 in order to compete. And some of them go way over and beyond. The last year, I think we had somebody raise $9,000. And just the reach that each person, we, we try to choose people that have a bit of a reach. And then it's basically up to them. We give them all the tools to fundraise. But then it's up to them individually. And you'd be amazed, you know, all the because I get all the emails as the donations come in. And it's sometimes it'll be 50 donations a day from all over the country, all over the world, actually. We've had international donations as well, which is pretty cool. And they've you know, talked about possibly duplicating this in England. So oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Would you fly back over to go help, uh, help get that depends, one going. Depends when it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that'd be so neat. So yeah, I would imagine with everyone's personal networks and, and their own circles that they're running, and this is really helping to just expand the conversation about aftercare as to not always just be the thing that we put money into, but it's like, it's this thing that we're writing for and doing something very unique for, which I think is a cool way to bring it in front of new audiences and challenge everybody a little bit too. Right. Right. Mm. And the build up to the event, we try to promote all the things that the, the horses have done and the people have done and try and celebrate that as well. Some of them haven't won any money. The, the horses haven't won any money on the racetrack, but then they've gone on to lead pretty amazing lives. And mm. again, the, the people involved as well. I have, I'm personally curious if you've had like a rider who was kind of a big name that you remember, or even a horse that you're like, I'm so excited this horse is participating in the real rider cup. Is there anyone who stands out for you over the years? Let me think about that. Well, we had Aaron Grider last year. That was virtual, though. I mean, the jockeys that have done it. Let me think. I mean, Ichabod Crane, who we own, he did it, and that, that drew a lot of attention. He's done it twice, actually. He is some a cool of, horse. The, the big-name horses, I think, more so than the people. Mm -hmm. and I can't even think, to be honest. But 
it's always fun, you know, cause I've worked now in this branch of the racing industry and aftercare for long enough that I'm starting to recognize more and more of the names. And I'm like, this is just such a fun kind of who's who, you know, especially in racing media, since I work in communications, just to see a lot of these folks come back and give this a go. So excited to see who participates this year. What's different about this year's format? Well, this year we're doing two events. So we're actually doing one in Kentucky, and then we are doing one the same in Fairhill on the, the normal date, which is, I believe, it's September 16th. And then we're doing one in Kentucky on July 9th which hopefully when we do the September one, it's really difficult for the Kentucky people to come up because it's right in the middle of the Keeneland sales. So we're hoping that if we have two events, we can get more people to join that don't have to, that they don't have to travel because we've had to ship horses from Florida, from Kentucky. So it, hopefully it'll make it logistically easier for people to compete. Oh, that's amazing that people are coming yeah, was- horses that far. That's mm-hmm. cool. to say. So smart and definitely cool that there's that much growth in the program. Oh, that's awesome. Do we have a fundraising goal for this year? We every year we try to get more than fifty thousand. And last year we went over, so I'm hoping to do more than fifty thousand. Oh, so cool. That's that's our goal. And then anything more than that we celebrate with great glee. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. And it all benefits Thoroughbred Aftercare. So all of the proceeds are going to New Vocations, the Retired Racehorse Project, and the Fairhill Thoroughbred Show, which, of course, are two of those organizations, New Vocations and Retired Racehorse Projects, are partners of Retired Racehorse Radio. So we're very excited to see yeah. that. And Fairhill Thoroughbred Show is a great venue to get your thoroughbreds out and about in the Mid-Atlantic. So very excited to see that. So, Anita, where can people go if they want to get involved, either sign up to ride or to make a donation or just to come out and cheer in person? Well, we have the website. It's therealridercup.com. I think everything you need to know is right there. I mean, we've brought in some help from RRP this year because my skills are limited with this, and it's kind of gotten a little too big for me to handle. So the RRP folks are professionals at this, they're professional fundraisers, and they have the wherewithal to manage the website and all the administrative stuff that goes into doing this because it really has gotten so big that I can't manage it on my own. So we've revamped the website again this year, and I think it's better than ever, and it explains everything perfectly. And we'll, we will upload the course. Richard Lamb is designing the course this year, and you know, there's maps to where where the events will be, easy one-click donation spots, and actually the website will be released, I think, any day now. We're going to have the, the latest changes on the website, so basically everything you need to know is right there. Yeah, perfect. So, and the first event is July 9th at New Vocations. Uh, And this episode comes out on June 10th. So, there is a good chance that website will be up and rolling. So, if you guys are listening to this now, head over to therealridercup.com. Thanks very much, Anita. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you, guys. Best of luck with the Real Rider Cup this year. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, Joy, when you think of a thoroughbred, what do you see in your mind's eye? So it's interesting you ask me that now after doing the show for three years, but because <laughs> I'm like, oh, it can be a lot of things. But I would say, like, I think very stereotypical, like the hunter jumpers that we see in the show ring over 16 hands, fairly lengthy, looking very regal, always having their hair nice because that's what I always see on TV. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's funny that the hair comes into it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, the cute little button braids. But then again, that's oh, okay. you know, that's what yeah. I see on TV. Yeah, that's what you see like in the. But that, that's my, you know, when they weren't on the racetrack, that was kind of what I always thought of, like a thoroughbred, just this like big, athletic-looking horse. Yeah, and it's funny because I'm kind of still the same way, despite like you being in a line of work in which you see a lot of different kinds of horses. And I own two extremely different looking horses that I think when you look at them next to each other, you're like, oh, the bay one looks like a thoroughbred and the chestnut one doesn't. But then you take the chestnut one to a quarter horse absolutely. show and I then mean, you're like, oh, okay, that's different. That's something else. Absolutely. Like Even my thoroughbred, who's technically more hunter built, she's only you know, 15-3. And most people, when they look at her, think she's half Arab or half quarter horse. They don't think she's full thoroughbred. And like, really, there's so much range in the breed. And it's such a versatile breed that I almost wonder if like... Not that we've gotten away from a type, because I still think Mm -hmm. that there are the classic sort of route distance looking types, Mm -hmm. but there's so like such a range of sizes and then, of course, of distances that they're running to. Mm -hmm. So for our upcoming summer issue of Off Track Third Red Magazine, which is the quarterly publication of the Retired Racehorse Project, my article that I was working on was exploring some of these regional differences in these state bred programs and looking at, we had this theory in our mind that like, oh, some of the states are breeding like little compact, like quarter horse types. So we sort of set out to see if that theory was true or not. And I'm not going to completely spoil it because I want everybody to go read <laughs> read my great theory and, and all of my research that I did in the summer issue. But it's definitely something to consider. Like, okay, if the state programs tend to be offering a lot of sprints, which came first, the tracks offering sprints or the breeders breeding sprinter types? Mm-hmm. And that was something I never quite got to the bottom of. So if any of you listeners have a hot theory on that one, Definitely shoot us a note because I am curious. But, you know, like if you, what's your local track, Joy? Do you have one? We did. It did close though a few years back. Um, So probably the closest one, probably in Ohio, but they're running shorter, shorter sprints over there. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, are they running sprints? So then the question is like, okay, we tend to start thoroughbreds at shorter distances. So do these horses Mm -hmm. just never extend beyond the one turn or are we actually breeding sprinter types or, you know, it's a lot of chicken and egg in the thoroughbred industry and and no one seems to know for sure. So yeah, it was a really interesting topic to explore. And I spoke with breeders in Pennsylvania, Louisiana, and Alberta, Canada. So I got all over North America to talk to these folks. Um, And it was just, it was really interesting to chat breeding programs in all these different places, you know, and how influential Kentucky is because we all assume, right? Like, oh, Kentucky, you know, and the bluegrass, that's the heart of the Mm -hmm. thoroughbred industry. But only about 40% of the annual thoroughbred crop is born in Kentucky. Really? See, I didn't even know that. Yeah. See, like you'd assume it was higher, right? Like, oh, yeah. you know, you like drive around 80, and 75. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised by that statistic. So, you know, I kind of okay. set out to figure out like where are the other 60% coming from and what kind of horses are they? Um, yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that though. Like I look at our Ohio track and it does seem like the horses who start to show more potential end up racing in Kentucky. Like they no longer are racing at the Ohio tracks are going to these bigger stake races. So I'm really excited to read this and see even where my horse kind of falls into all this. Yeah. Now what state was your horse bred in? 
She was born in Kentucky. Interesting. So I have an Ontario bred and an Indiana bred, and they're two very different horses. So look completely different. Yeah. But they both kind of both petered out around the sprint. Jobber only made it one turn. I think Shorty might have run some. He might have stretched out to a mile and a little over. I got to look him back up again. But yeah, just interesting to to look at the breed and look at what we're breeding for and like just how different these horses are. And yet they're all finding second career success on all the same places. So Ah, very cool. Well, how can people obviously find the magazine to read your article? This is actually a great time to sign up for a subscription because it means that you will get that summer issue to your mailbox. That issue is going to go to print at the end of June. So you can go to the rrp.org slash join and uh, get signed up for a subscription today. If you sign up for a subscription, you will get instant digital access to the entire back library of magazines. So you can read every single magazine we've ever put out. And just going to throw this out here as a shameless plug. If you have a father or father figure who enjoys racehorses and wants to maybe learn about what they do after the track, could also make a great Father's Day gift because that's what my dad's getting. (laughs) Good call. My dad will not be getting Off Track Thoroughbred Magazine. He does not know which end of the horse to approach. So we'll leave that one alone. But yeah, great (laughs) Father's Day gift for other dads. Yes. Kristen, I'm super excited to bring on this next segment. We are talking with our Making the Makeover contestants. We have Natalie Holden as well as Lee Beamer with us today. And I have to say, I've gotten such positive feedback on social media about this segment. People are so excited to be following these competitors from the beginning of the year all the way up to the makeover. It's been really positive since it's the first time we're doing it this way. So I'll kick it off to you to introduce our guests in full and we'll ask how everything's going. Yeah. So we have met both of these writers before. So we're just going to quickly introduce everybody again. Natalie Holdren is one of our junior writers participating in the makeover this year. And she is coming in with horse Templemore, who was adopted from Mid-Atlantic Horse Rescue in Maryland. And we also have Lee Beamer, who has the coolest horse's name ever with Hot Girl Summer. So she is back with us again tonight. So welcome back on Retired Racehorse Radio, ladies. We're super excited to have you. Thank you. Good to to be back. Yay. All right. So we'll just do a quick little refresh of what you guys have been up to the past month. So Natalie, we'll kick it off with you and Tempe. What have you guys been up to? We've been keeping ourselves very busy. So we have done our little eventing series with St. Augustine and we were fourth um, in our elementary division. And we've also been showing at the CBHSA show. Those have been going very well. We've gone to two of them and we have um, just grown a lot over the two shows. So I can't wait to see how much we continue growing. He's just really settled into, okay, I've gotten to this show. Okay. I school. And then he starts to really relax. Our first show was a little bit of a struggle with just getting him to relax in the show arena because he just hasn't had that experience. But the more our shows we go to, the more he's been relaxed and it's really just been going phenomenal. I couldn't have asked for him to be any better. How have you fit in that many shows, girl? That is crazy. I know. (laughs) All right, Lee, how is it going with you and Finn? So we had our first show, May 7th. We've only made it to one show so far. Kind of hard to get out there when you're working full time. But you know what? She did so well and she was kind of excited to be there. She loves to holler and let everybody know that she has arrived. So lots of talking from her, (laughs) but we did really well. We did intro A and B dressage tests 
and we got 62 and some change on both of those. Oh. So I was super proud with how she did. And it was just amazing to watch her progression from the first test to the second test and see her relax into that new environment a little. So I'm super proud of that little girl. And we're still trucking away here at home in the meantime. I love that. that. Fabulous. And so Natalie, don't grow up because you'll run out of time to horse show is (laughs) like the rest of us. (laughs) Well, I quickly did some snooping on my own before our call and just seeing the photos for both of you, you know, it's nice. Lee, you have your blog and Natalie, you've been keeping up on Facebook. It, it shows how much work you are putting into these horses because they don't look like they're at their first shows. I would like to make that clear from the photos. No, they look super professional. Everyone looks like they've been doing it their whole lives, which is exactly the goal. So all these field trips you guys are putting in are paying off. I I have to ask, and I'll start with Lee on this one. Did you find like at the show, what was your biggest challenge? I mean, there was some relaxation, but I think you had mentioned that there were some fears of trailering beforehand when the last time we met with you, did everything go smoothly? So she loaded excellent to leave the farm, which knock on wood has never been a problem. And when we left, she was a little hesitant at first, which kind of put me on edge. But also my husband did park the trailer on a hill. So it was like a massive step. And I was like, hey, you know, like she's a little girl. So let's move this trailer. She was still a little hesitant. But then I put out what I like to call fake dinner, which is like her dinner pan with a handful of feed and um, (laughs) got right on. So fake dinner does the trick when nothing else does. I love it. We made it home. Yeah. I love fake dinner. I mean, I would call it a snack for my horse, but fake dinner is a a really fun term as well. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Natalie, what about you? Did you have any challenges that were expected or non-expected for your first show? We definitely, other than relaxation, we get very distracted because in Tempe's mind, everyone's here to be best friends with him. So we did struggle with our first show. With, we just wanted to see everything and everyone and meet every horse, everyone we could. And we were a little disappointed when we realized we could not sniff everyone's butt and we could not like meet every single horse. And I think that really took some time to help get us focused on our job that we were supposed to be doing rather than looking for our friends or trying to make new friends. I think that was probably our biggest struggle. I love that. He sounds like a puppy. (laughs) I do love that. Like my thoroughbred's the same way though. And I have to sadly tell you, um, she has not grown out of that, but hopefully Tempe does. (laughs) I don't, I think he's just such a puppy dog of a personality that we were kind of had that expecting that going into it. And he's kind of started to move out of it, but still every show we go to, we like to see if we can meet someone new or make a new friend. So what a curious guy. He's just got yeah. a good, you know, outgoing personality. So that's fine. <laughs> well, that's good though. It sounds like going to all those shows is probably the best thing for him. Like it's going to be okay. You can meet more horses yeah. and then yeah, move on and do your job. <laughs> nice. Well, so what is the thing that you guys are the proudest of Natalie? We'll start with you. Like what's like the best achievement to date where you're like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to this horse. I'm so proud of him. I'm definitely really proud of him. So for CBHSA, we do the junior equitation for me. And then he does the third red hunter division and our junior equitation division is at the two, six height. 
and we did our medal at the last show and we were fourth or fifth place in his second medal ever. And I was like, so like he got, he was always listening to me. He was able to make the tighter rollback turns, made a clean Eck round. I was just so collected and he made it easy for me to equity. And I was so proud of him for that. I was like, even if we don't place, this was probably the prettiest course I've laid down on this horse. I was so enthralled with just how well he was listening and how well he's already picked up the equitation medal. And can't wait to see where else it's going to take us this year. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. He sounds like a great partner already in the making. Yeah. yeah. I was just like smiling the whole time. Like, that's what it's about. Thanks, Natalie. That's what we want on this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was a tough act to follow, but we'll let Lee also share. What are you the proudest of? <laughs> I'm so proud of her. I had never been to a show either. And just Wait, to ever? have like ever, ever. Well, I showed my miniature horse in halter, but I've never ridden a horse at a show. Yeah, that's a little different. So I feel like it's a little different. For both of you. <laughs> oh, that's oh so God. cool. Yeah. So I was just proud that even though I was on edge because I really didn't know what to expect for myself, and she was because it was a new place for her as well. But even though we both had those nerves, the relationship we have with each other and that we've built allowed her to like still be in tune with me and not be like out of control mess. She was curious, but she was just very, you know, very good girl about it all. And so I'm just really proud of how she's handling herself in these public situations that we are putting ourselves into. I love that. So yeah. Really That's making me her. want to marry again. I haven't had a mare in a long time, but like. Listen out, friend. I know. Listen Do out. it, Kristen. Do it. Yeah. Do <laughs> okay. It. All right. All right. Change of subject. I mean, we have new vocations on speed dial, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This is all so fun. I have to ask. So I'm going to start with Natalie on this one. What's coming up next for you and Tempe? Like, what are your plans for this month? So we have. Hopefully, we're still kind of getting the details together, but possibly a, a turf clinic at Mid-Atlantic. And then we have a few jumper shows with CBHSA. We have our first ever CBHSA home show at Bohemia. So we'll definitely be participating in that. And then we have another hunter show this month. And hopefully, just going out, now it's really nice out. We do have a beautiful trail. We're lucky to have a beautiful trail with a lot of hills. And we also back up to Windback Farm. So hopefully a lot of trail rides and hacking out in our future because that is he loves it. I prefer to not uh-huh. be in the ring if I don't have to be. So I'm so happy the weather is finally breaking and not pouring every weekend so that the fields, our trails aren't super muddy so we can finally go hack out and go enjoy ourselves, be able to go trail ride through Windback, which is gorgeous and that is a lot too. It, that helps keep him. There's so many things going on. So that's also really helped like his focus. So I cannot, that's what I'm most excited for upcoming this next month. I love it. sounds like you have a full schedule and I have to, you must be out of school at this point, right? Yeah. So I'll, um, that's how yeah, she's doing it. Is, Kristen. Aha. <laughs> yeah, my last day of school is in June. So May with all the horse riding, I've still been in school, but Last day of school is next week ish, like June tenth ish. So oh, so right we'll when this comes out. out. So yeah. congratulations on your newfound freedom. By that point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so what about you, Lee? Because yeah. you're a school teacher, right? So you, yeah, you get today some was my last up? day. 
Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, so this is a good way to end the day talking to you all. As far as Juno, it's been, though, kind of a low-key month, in my mind at least. I'm hoping maybe we can trailer out for a lesson or two and maybe go to a few um, friends' arenas locally. But no big shows planned, just kind of keeping it chill and working some more on her development at home this coming month. It's my plan, at least for now. (laughs) Yeah. Enjoy the long days and good weather. And Mm -hmm. hopefully gas prices come down a little bit, too. And then all those field trips don't hurt so much. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. This is an uplifting, happy podcast. So, yeah, yeah. no gas prices. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This has been so fun. I have one final question for each of you. And I'll start with Lee. What has been the biggest surprise you have found in your horse so far in your progress? Oh, goodness. That's a tough question. Like good <laughs> surprise or bad surprise? It, <laughs> I mean, you can take it any way you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, so her willingness, of course, is a surprise because I haven't experienced something so willing before. But bad surprise, she has been a little fussy lately. So, of course, the vet is coming out this week to give her a good look over and make every make sure everything's okay with her. So hopefully that all goes well. I always get really anxious about things like that. So that's kind of a bad surprise. <laughs> but hopefully Aww. it all goes well. But other than that, I mean, she is just, the way she picks up things is incredible to me. And I'm very thrilled that she is my partner. So Aww, that's good. Well, fingers crossed. It's nothing major. Absolutely. And she's ready to rock and roll yes. all summer long. Yes. <laughs> How about you, Natalie? What's been the biggest surprise you found in Tempe? Um, Definitely, I would say his versatility of what he can do. So we just did the Mid-Atlantic Heather Benefit Show, and we originally got Tempe to be a hunter, dressage horse, but he's proved himself in not only that, but in the equitation, in being a confident trail horse. We showed in the eventing and we were champion in the event horse type and we were reserve champion in our hunter division. So overall, just, I didn't know that he would be able to be so versatile, but he can switch from all the different rings. And I absolutely love that. I'm always down to try something new, do something. So be able to have a horse who's also down to try anything new has definitely been the best, like good surprise ever. Nice. I love it. Well, this has been such a fun segment. I always enjoy speaking with both of you. And I don't know, Kristen, I have to say, like, I feel like it's only going to get better as we, we continue on. Oh, like, for sure. I'm also yeah. now like, these are our horses now. So y'all take good care of our horses until we yeah. meet again. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and we cannot wait to selfie with you guys at the makeover. I know. It's going to be so fun well, to meet everyone in person. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm very excited. Wonderful. Well, thank you both again. And then we will be in touch soon and see you back in July. Thank you. Awesome. Sounds great. Good June, girls. All right. (laughs) Thanks. Well, it's everyone's favorite part of the episode where we have Leander Cooper from New Vocations join us to give us some fabulous training advice and introduce our adoptable horse of the week. Welcome back, Leandra. Well, thanks for having me back. Of course. We love having you. We know you're a fan favorite here at Retired Racehorse Radio. And speaking of, I have a great question for you that I think a lot of our listeners can relate to. 
What would you recommend as tips to help balance out the horse who is dominant to the left or right? Those one-sided horses are one of my favorites as far as challenges go. That challenge is one of my favorites because you can have a lot of fun with it. But I guess also that's like a very uh, subjective kind of fun. So we'll just say <laughs> I have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> fair, but, fair. <laughs> you know, working with horses who have exclusively known careers on the track when they come to me, you see quite a bit of imbalance and it's not always just directionally to the left. Sometimes they can have asymmetries that mean that they favor it for uh, an underlying reason. So I always like to say that's a great place to start. Watch how your horse moves. If you can have somebody else walk the horse even in circle both directions or if you're lunging or if you're watching somebody else walk them away from you towards you. So look for the the things that can actually explain if they have a, a particular affinity for one direction or they like to pick up a specific lead each time. Sometimes that's because they might need a chiropractic adjustment or they're sore. So always look for those explanations first because from a training perspective, I would say one of the best things that you can do is work on counterbending and lateral work. And that's where I say that I have a lot of fun with that because you can really learn a lot about a horse and yourself because we are all kind of asymmetric in different ways too. So um, I struggle more going to the left I always have. And so it's something that I've always worked on counteracting myself. And I know that I have that influence on horses too, but you know, fortunately many (laughs) resources are a little bit stronger to the left. So you balance each other out. But I would say even a slight tilt of like people tend to want to have this little inside bend and you can, if you're noticing, even if you're not trying to do that, that your horse kind of bends one way or another, you can do a counter bend and that um, doesn't need to be very dramatic. You're just looking to see the corner of their eye and then support it with your, whatever you're tilting your head to inside leg by the girth, your outside leg to sort of opposite outside being whatever is opposite of the way that you're trying to tilt their nose being a little bit behind the girth and then setting like patterns for yourself. So I like to start on the quarter lines and ask them to leg yield in and out. You can also work on a circle and counterbend on a circle and get them to shoulder in and out. So I think it's really that it's good at troubleshooting where your issue is stemming from and then also strengthening the horse in indirect ways. Because if they favor one way or another, then sometimes it's really hard to target it when you're just asking them, to like, say they favor going to the right. And you're like, all right, well, we're going to work a lot on the left. If they're uncomfortable doing that or if they favor it because they have muscle or skeletal development that's already favoring that way. Like obviously your goal is to strengthen the opposite side, but sometimes it's just harder because they have more muscle or more affinity towards the other side. So rather than going against them, which can create like a mental and physical kind of bracing, and you're never going to get a release if they're stuck in bracing that you can work even in that same direction that they like. But um, if they're really struggling, but get them to strengthen the opposite those like contralateral muscles so that they can more comfortably mentally and physically warm Mm -hmm. up to the muscles that are needed to to travel 
correctly the other way because every horse is going to be like the same way we have sort of a lecture right-handedness that a lot of horses just have one way that they have favored and then get strengthened so it's all about strengthening both sides of things but it's normal for them to kind of be better one way or another just like people and then sometimes like I said before our strengths can sometimes strengths and weaknesses can transfer to them and either amplify or make more difficult the issues that we're seeing in them. So doing things on the ground and recognizing what you're seeing independently of them and then the way that you feel on them are both really important aspects of it. I think that's all wonderful advice. I'm going to tell you the counterflexing is not what I think most people come to mind. doesn't come to mind for me when you want them to go pretty much the opposite way. You want them to be straight. That's what you're focusing on. So it's interesting to put that exercise into perspective, but I love the feedback of watching them from the ground. Is there a way that they favor or Mm -hmm. is it a little bit of you and some manipulation from your writing? I know I tend to favor (laughs) my right side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I tend to favor my right (laughs) side quite a bit. My poor horse is a champ for putting up with me. (laughs) Well, it's a team effort. Absolutely. Fabulous advice. And speaking of fabulous, let's talk about our fabulous horse of the week, Slambone, Sammy, cutest little pocket-sized horse. Tell us all about him. Well, I love these pictures because it is hard to get a size, a sense of his actual size because he really Mm -hmm. is like a pocket-sized guy Um, and just 15 hands. He is absolutely precious. And he has this beautiful, long forelock. So it's like his... Just his small stature. We have these yokes on the stall front. So it's like he kind (laughs) of just barely comes over that. And then he just has this most beautiful (laughs) little hut. I always think of like Mary Legs from Black Beauty, but like the chestnut version. Uh, But he's just the cutest thing. And he has that sweet disposition to match. But under saddle, he's a horse whose stride will surprise you. Like at the canter, he has this big boy stride. So Mm -hmm. even though he's small, like in the video that we have posted on his profile up on our website at horseadoption.com, you'll see the rider. We have one five foot two rider and she's fits perfectly, but I'm also five seven. I've got five inches on her and I don't feel out of place at all on him. Mm-hmm. And when he steps up at the canner, he has this big stride to him, but it doesn't feel like he's rushing through it, which I think is pretty exceptional when you have a, a smaller horse, a, one who like you could send into a, a hunter ring. So you've got a course set up and you don't want to be looking frantic, but still making those horse strides. Like this mm-hmm. is a horse who could do that job and really cover some ground, but do it in a very graceful way as well. But Sammy is just one of my absolute favorites at the barn because he's so exceptionally even tempered. A lot of times when we're walking horses out, they're trying to like grab at clothing or just young horse things that are normal, but we just expect that. And Sammy just is polite and focused and a sweetheart and really likes to have that one-on-one attention too. So I just can't think of a single bad thing to say about him. I absolutely love Flambone, who we call Sammy. Cute. Oh my goodness. He's, he's so like, cute. He, I like, he's so compact. I just want to see him in the hunter ring. I mean, he could go a lot of directions. Like I personally love a 15 hand horse. Mine is just shy of 16 hand. She technically sticks at 15, three and it's a nice size. Cause they can go any way you want them to. And I right. find they tend to have a lot of power. It's deceiving in their size. 
but I'm always a fan and I would just love to see him all dressed up with hunters or like in a lead line class. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She's just so cute. Yeah, I will say to the, his sire is a D funny bone or D funny bone. That was the same bone. sire of the 2020 dressage winner at the makeover elbow room. Mm. So oh, I didn't know that. Well, there yeah. you go. He has so winners in his family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he looks like he could use all that power and big stride in the dressage ring. And I'm a ranch rider. Yeah. So of course, I'm like, give me a 15 hand little pony any day. Like, I know, yeah, he really could go Western. He has a nice size for it. He's yeah. nice and compact, but still like carries himself well. And he's soft, which is nice to watch in his videos. You can tell he lands yeah. fairly softly. And I mean, Sammy, of course, being as great as he is, always comes at a, a price. And New Vocations is known for being so expensive. He's a thousand dollars, guys. He's practically free. You can have this cute little Barbie horse in your barn for a thousand dollars. We Sammy, yeah, and that name. <laughs> you know, we have these different sort of pricing tiers for adoption fees, and because he's a little bit smaller, he's in this lower category. Because to many people, that's seen it's like a less desirable height. So we're kind of trying to help him out there. Here's a horse who. Obviously, we know its value is much, much more than that, but we're doing our darndest to just try to make it easy for the right person to find him. Hopefully, he's got his right person out there coming to find him pretty soon, but I just absolutely adore this horse. I think he can go in a lot of different directions, like you guys said, too, and I'm excited to see what he does because I just, you can't not love him. Like He's going to just make somebody the happiest. I mean, like one of his photos has someone kissing him on his nose and he looks so happy about it. Like That's this is a cuddly all horse. <laughs> all he wanted to do the whole time was cuddle. And he is like, I'll stand here and be good for the pictures. But it's like any time that you just let him do what he wants, he would sneak up to you and be like, can I just touch you? Will you love me? He's oh. the best. <laughs> I love those horses. Uh, don't check out Slambone, all the other horses at horseadoption.com. Leandra, it's always a pleasure having you. And yeah, someone take him home and then message us when you do, because we want to follow yeah. him. He's cute. Yeah, we can vicariously adopt him through you. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Leandra. Thanks for having me. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredresourceradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram, just search for Retired Resource Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. I can be found on Instagram at The Horseback Rider, and you can follow along all of my Racehorse Ranch adventures on Facebook at Jobber Bill, Racehorse to Ranch Horse. My email is kbentley at the rrp.org. Let me know if you've got any ideas for guests or show topics. You can find me on Instagram at the foodie equestrian as well as tiktok and my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com feel again just like kristen said feel free to send us any guest ideas topics you're interested in or just say hi i'm cool with that too i'd love to hear from you it's always great thank you so much to our sponsors kentucky performance products and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the horse radio network at horseradionetwork.com remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride and add more leg Bye, guys.